So we've been having these conversations and we're, you know, there's nothing in the Bible that says thou shalt have a guy stand up there for half an hour or 40 minutes and preach to you the whole time. Um, a lot of churches do that and it works really well. And I'm a big fan of it because that's why I get paid. But, um, but the Bible does say, even though it doesn't say you have to have a preacher, uh, the Bible does say to spur one another on in, towards love and good deeds in Hebrews. It does say that we should not give up meeting together, but that we should encourage one another more and more as we see the day of Jesus getting closer. We, the Bible does say in uh, 1 Thessalonians that we should love each other and love others enough that we share more than just the gospel, that we share our lives as well. And so that's why we're having this conversation series, so that we can share our lives and our lives that have been touched by the gospel with each other. And as we hear each other's testimonies, as we hear each other's stories of God, how God showed up, it encourages us. It spurs each other. It's a way we can spur each other on to live for Christ and be the people that God has called us to be. And the thing that I love about testimonies is that Revelation tells us that we overcome the enemy, we overcome the accuser of our brother, and that what, that's what uh, Revelation says, that we overcome him by the blood of the lamb, by the fact that Jesus went to the cross, died for your sins and my sins, and in him we have victory, that we overcome him by the victory of Jesus and by the word of our testimony. And so every time we share our testimony, every time we talk to somebody a little bit about how Jesus has changed our life, whether it's at school, whether it's at work, whether it's on a Sunday morning, whether it's just in a conversation in passing, every time that we take a minute to share our story of how Jesus has changed our heart, the devil loses just a little bit more and Jesus wins a little bit more. Every time that we proclaim that he has overcome and that we have overcome by him, Every time that we do that, we bring this world just a little bit closer to the Prince of Peace. And so that's why we are so excited to be able to share our stories with you. And that's what we're going to be doing today. So if you went to life, I'm going to invite you to come and join us on the stage. My wife, Bethany, is going to come. Since I went to life, I don't want to be the moderator of this conversation. My wife's going to be moderator. And uh, I'm just going to sit back here on a, on a bench. And uh, every, everybody in the first service. Grab some uh, more mics. A lot, some of the teenagers uh, and people got stuck on the back stools. And so I told them, you have to be fast if you want the comfy chair, uh, the comfy Yeah, couch. talk about spurring each other and on. So, like, yes. I see them inching up. Yeah. Like, I'm going to yeah. get that seat. So, yeah. I want that one. Yeah. Here, Adam, sit right so, here. Oh. So, at, okay. yeah, so at Life, um, one, of the, one of the funny things that happened, and it was really cool, was they would have, they'd had service in the morning and the evening, and... Everybody was so excited to get to service, which is a change from the usual, but everybody was so excited to get to service that they would start lining up two hours 
before service would start. And they would just, you know, camp out and play cards and, and everything because everybody wanted the prime front seats completely different than here where all of you are back there. Yeah, um, first seats to fill up in this church, the back row. Yeah, so... I, I'm actually going to unlock the doors at 7. So actually. except for Vic and Jesse and Ryan... Uh, they sit there every week. All faithfully. wines always sit there. And here all wines the always yeah. sit there. And Paul and Nancy always sit there. Oh. But but everybody. But uh, but I mean, it was just cool to see uh, that enthusiasm for wanting to be in some kind of church service and to be be close to what what was happening up front. And so so yeah, they would camp out two hours before and then against the. Act, act, the, the desperate asking of desperate security guards, uh, they would ask you, please don't run. Um, and then some sinners. Uh, Grace, he says Brian. It was, I Brian did not ran. run. I did not run. I walked quickly, but I, but I did not run. Um, we, uh, it, it looked like the scene where Mufasa dies, essentially. Just Lion King stamping. Yeah, yeah, it really does. So... <laughs> Yeah, the wildebeests. Yeah. That's that's so true. <laughs> um, so anyway, but yeah, that's that's how much people want to wanted to be involved. It was cool to see teenagers that excited for Jesus. Okay, so when we met and we were talking uh, this past week at dinner, how many of you guys was this your first time flying? It was all of you. Okay, uh, all the kids. Um. Actually, first of all, why don't you guys tell them your names so that they know who they're talking to? I'm Logan Bales. Jacob Kelly. Alexandra. My name is Gracie. Okay. So this was all your guys' first time flying, which they thank you very, very much that they were able to fly and did not have to drive to Florida. We are the most thankful right here of the, the grown-ups. <laughs> the on drivers yeah. are thankful. Yeah. Um, how did that go? Were there tears? Were there like clenched fists? Like what happened? I sat next to dad and he made me keep the window open. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted the shade. Yeah. Not yeah. the actual window. <laughs> she kept wanting to and I was like you have to experience this. You have to see it. I didn't want to wanted to close it but then they gave me food and a drink so I was good yeah. <laughs> they gave you a pacifier exactly yeah, exactly <laughs> on the way there it was fine um, we all sat together in the back and then we get to Atlanta and then do a crossover and like it was fine it was whatever and then on the way back it was bad it was like it was terrible. It like, was not that bad. For a first-time flyer. It was a one-way, like, no stops. And, like, we got delayed because of a storm. And um, we got on and everything. And where I was sitting, I could look around the whole entire plane, and I saw nobody from our church. And so I was sat between this businessman and this lady who was had flown multiple times. So every time I jumped, or like, it, like every time we got hit a bump, I jumped. 
And I was like, is that normal? She was like, yeah, it's fine, it's whatever. And so, and then she just went back to sleep. Well, <laughs> there was one bump where it got real bad and I was like, we're going down, we're going down. And I was like holding on for dear life. And I was like, is this normal? And she's like, no. <laughs> she didn't really fly that much because it was not very bad turbulence. Yeah. I've, I've hit bigger bumps driving through Logan. So. <laughs> Yeah. It was scary. <laughs> uh, Jacob slept between me and John, and he was slamming the window shut the entire time. Like, all of takeoff, he wouldn't let me have the window open. Well, and then on the, on the way home, Logan got to sit by an elderly couple who described their love life to him. <laughs> in ways and it that wasn't, you don't want he wasn't described. sitting by them. He was sitting between them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the entire flight. <laughs> They, because they didn't do it up until takeoff, and once you're in the air, then you're stuck. Really move. Yeah. So we got closer to Jesus on the flight. That's right. That was the there's, whole point of the trip. That happened. So what? Um, first off, what was your guys's favorite thing that you did? And Universal does not count. Um, your favorite thing that you did at conference. Whether it was funny or you got to do, you know, play on the blow-up stuff. What was your favorite? And I think that Frumpus is in there somewhere. Oh, yeah. So, we, there was a, there's a life store. And um, it has a mannequin where they dress it every day in different items. And um, we know the people who do it because they're from Pennsylvania where Suncrest is. And... Um, so the very last night, a group of us got together, and uh, John, Brian, Logan, and I, I think we were the only ones from here who did it, but we stole the store mannequin, and Steel we is, climbed is such a... all 28 flights of stairs with the mannequin. When, this is probably my favorite, like, and so, like, when we get to 14, I had to carry, like, as, like, as soon as we took the body, it, like, the legs fell off and the arms fell off. And at one point, the head popped off. But I carried it for the first 14 flights of stairs. And I was, like, I was done. So, like, I handed it off to Logan. And I just kind of snuck out of the stairway and took the elevator the rest of the way up. And I was there to greet them when they came up. And it was actually the store's owner, brother, so Timmy Hardy, who stole the mannequin. Yeah, yeah. It was not our kids. I was just thankful that uh, Brian and John championed that to be the leaders to do that, so I didn't have to go up those many stairs. Adam, Adam may have been asleep by then. I may have been asleep by then. So, what, okay, so what else was, did you guys, what was your favorite Thing you did, experience, what? The food. <laughs> I think you're focused on lunch. Yeah. It's almost lunchtime. So, I mean, the food was a great part. We had really good food, except this one day we had, what was it, beef stromboli? Beef stroganoff. Stroganoff. I don't know. <laughs> it, was, it was bad. We ordered pizza that night instead. Yeah, that's the day Dad called me, and I was like, oh, I'm making fried chicken. He's like, oh, that sounds so much better. Exactly. Um, 
my favorite was probably the activity center, which had bouncy houses and like the climbing wall and stuff. Except for I didn't like one time I went up the climbing wall because oh. the man put me on and wouldn't let me get off until I made it to the top and hit the bell. <laughs> <laughs> so that was not my favorite. Yeah. You made that guy was twice. full, like full on carny mode too. Like he, I don't think used deodorant, but that's fun. Yeah, the activity center was pretty cool. There was a couple of things that I felt miserably at, but no. Okay, what, um, who was, because you guys went to like seminars and, and they had general sessions as well. What, who was your favorite speaker and why? Um, I really liked the Forever Freeze seminar. Forever Free was the, the band that led worship. Yeah, because they talked about uh, like using your unique gifts and talents or learning a new gift or talent to honor, God, honor God's kingdom. And I know that you, you guys all use your talents, but you use yours here, Logan. Where do you serve in the church? Uh, I help on the sound team, and then I'm on kids and staff. Okay. So you're already doing that. Adults, you can answer too, if you would like. Don't everybody speak at once. <laughs> Alex. Yay. Okay. Um, I, I liked um, Megan Marsha. She was good. I really liked her. Like, what? Microphone to your chin. Uh. Um, yeah, I liked Megan Marsha. Uh, Marshman. Marshmallow. Um, she was, um, like, she got really involved, like, with us. Like, she got, there was a point that she, like, got into the center of the, like, room, like, with all the kids around her and everything, and she was just, she sort of just preached there. It was really cool, and I liked how she got involved with us. Um... I think every seminar that I went to was really good, and all the speakers were really good. But um, I really liked Megan Marshman, but um, one of the ones that stuck out to me was um, by this guy named Joshua Becker, and he was a minimalist. And it was interesting to hear about that lifestyle because they don't own, they own what they need, and they're able to, like, experience God in ways that a lot of people can't because we're, like, I, I struggle with, like, like, I love having things. So, um, just, it's interesting to see it from that perspective, how um, people can live with the very minimal that they need and are able to enjoy life a whole lot more. Is he one of those minimalists who, like, live in in the little tiny houses? No. No? Okay. They, I, some they some a, do. They own a house, uh, but they don't, it's not like a big fancy house. Like, it's just what they need, and they, they travel a lot. I just wanted to say I really appreciated watching not only our teens, but many, many teens there, you know, any of the seminars that I sat in with any teens, there were 
teens with physical Bibles out on their lap, teens with uh, notepads taking notes, they engaged with the person who's leading the seminars. Uh, these are teens that had a passion for God and had a passion of knowing more about God and more about uh, what the Bible says about God. Um, and that really encouraged me to see these teens on fire for uh, learning and engaging uh, with other teens that had the same passion to learn about God. And you said they had physical Bibles, so it wasn't just their phones. Right. I mean, some had their phones, and that's a great, that's a great option as well. But yeah, people, there are kids with physical Bibles there, uh, reading scripture, learning. How many people have a physical Bible with them right now? Not on your phone. About half. No. That's pretty good. You got to bring it in. Yeah. Not even half. Well, Gracie, Gracie, uh, yeah, Gracie's really good at taking notes. Yeah, she's got them all color-coded and everything. My notes are color-coded. Tell, tell, them, tell them why, because I don't remember. So purple is, like, where the note begins, like, where, when, why. Well, not why. It's, like, where, when, who, and um, what's it about. Um, blue is just regular notes. Orange is questions that I think of in the sermon to ask somebody or just something to challenge myself. And then green is Bible verses. And I do it because, like, I, like, talk about things a lot because I'm a talker. And um, it's easier when it's color-coded so I know, like, when, like, if I remember a question but I can't exactly remember what it was, I just, like, can flip and look at the orange until I find the question. And it's so much easier than just reading through absolutely everything. Yeah. Kelly, and who for the is your favorite speaker? was, I don't remember who it was, but they said, God doesn't need you. He wants you. Okay. Whoever. Yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah, you saw that. In the, he, in the, in the video clip where he said, hey, God doesn't need you. He wants you. It was good. Um, what, I know, I know we discussed, but um, for those who didn't get to have dinner with you, what did you guys, what was your God moment in all of this? Because, I mean, you, you guys are saying God moved and it was awesome to see this and this was a great speaker. What spoke to you? What was your God moment? Um, whenever I was standing now and, like, right outside the Life Center with, or the Life Merch with John Stumbo just having a conversation, and he said that everybody in that room where we all have different ways of approaching it. We, we're, we've, all, we've all come for the same purpose, to learn more about God's kingdom. So, yeah, Logan and Jacob got to sit down with the Alliance president yeah. and just, you know, chit-chat. Yeah, yeah, Logan I'm and really Jacob jealous, and, actually. <laughs> Logan, Jacob, and John Stemmo, they just hung out all week. And... They're new BFs at, yeah. BFFs. Uh, Dan Bull is the director of Alliance Youth for the United States and spoke the last night on basically coming down from the mountain. And in years of ministry, I've heard approximately 475 youth pastors talk about a mountaintop experience. Uh, it's like a requirement if you go to a retreat, I feel like. But uh, Dan, the last night, talked about how the, the idea is you go to these one of these events especially life where there's 5,000 some people and it's this kind of mountaintop experience and 
and you're having two services a day and you're worshiping all day and you're having small groups and then and then you go home and it's kind of like a valley and he flipped that idea on its head and talked about everyone in scripture that's been on a mountain Moses and, and Jesus for the transfiguration and said that if they did not come back down from that mountain we wouldn't have the kingdom that we have we wouldn't have the people of God that we have if Abraham didn't come back down from the mountain so he said I know a lot of you want to stay here I know a lot of you don't want to go home but if you don't go home if the 5,000 plus people don't get off this mountain then nothing's going to change in the world and it was, it was such an like amazing challenge to to say this is an experience at life. He said, look around, you'll never feel this exact experience again. But if 5,000 plus people um, leave here, and the theme was awaken, awaken to what they can do for the kingdom. He said, you know, decades from now, people can be talking about how life 2019 changed the country, changed the world just because 5,000 plus people were awakened to what Jesus could do. Um, my God moment was when Megan Marshman was um, giving hers. She was like a preacher and a comedian wrapped up in one. So that was pretty cool. Uh, she like Brian? No. Funnier. No, she was better. She's funnier. She, yeah. yeah uh, all through the thing, everybody kept saying, like, we need to get her for Rise Up. So... So we'll look into that. Um, but she, uh, she said that if you are drinking from the well of acceptance, you will be thirsty again. And that's something that like really spoke to me because I want everybody to like me. <laughs> so I like, depending on who I'm talking about, I may shift my personality to make it seem like I'm, like, just to, like, be the person that they like instead of the person that they like. And it was, like, and, like, it was refreshing for me, and it opened my, up my eyes. Like, I, like, I just, like, I know my personality. I know who I am. And so, like, I just want to, like, be able to work through, like, being able to, um, like, not change myself for other people and just stay who I am constantly. And if people don't like it, then that's their problem because I'm really a great person. I agree. Well, and I, th I wasn't she, t she was talking about Jesus saying that, uh, you know, that anybody who drinks from, from him will have a, a living well. That is that right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and so basically the idea that if you come to Jesus, you'll never be thirsty again, but if you're drinking from the well of acceptance, then you always be thirsty. Uh, I thought that was pretty good stuff. She also said that God is present in your pain. Not only is he present in it, he has purpose in it. Yeah, that was good stuff. Uh, I know for me, um, speaking of present in pain, um, that I think maybe, maybe my biggest God moment um, was I was, I was at Life, I was uh, with Kaylin, who's living with us and, and everything, that, and she was up here a couple weeks ago talking about depression and that kind of thing with some of, some of the people, 
and uh, and she's very sensitive uh, to like to like lots of lights and sounds and and things like that. Um, so on the very first night of life, uh, you know, they make it super big, super loud, super you know lights and flashing and screens going off all over the place and. Uh, I mean, you know, that, it's a cool youth thing to do. Um, but if you're, if you're sensitive to that kind of thing, it was a nightmare. Um, and she's sensitive to that kind of thing. So, uh, so that started in about five, within about two, three minutes, she needed to get out of the room. Um, and then we actually found out, uh, which was a real blessing, they actually had a, a sensory friendly room um, where they could where kids could go uh, to a different room and they had the service streamed over there um, playing on TVs so that you could hear it but it wouldn't be so loud and and, uh, and you know you could see the lights but they weren't like flashing in your face and you could hear the music but it wasn't like like vibrating your soul um, and uh, and it was it was just a really cool thing to have that available to people um, who need that kind of thing, um, and uh, and it was neat to see all the different kinds of people that were in that room um, for you know different reasons. Some of them were just uh, it you know it was sound. Uh, other other you know there were a couple um, maybe autistic kids that couldn't deal with that much. Um, there was even a couple kids that had gotten concussions somehow during the week, and the doctors had said, you know, maybe that big thumping might not be good for a concussion. So, uh, so that was really cool. But, um, but the very first night, we didn't know that room was available, and so everything was big and loud, and, and so she had to leave um, and was sitting out in the hallway and and kind of struggling through that and was pretty upset. Um, and, and a girl walked by and kind of looked over and saw us and walked in the room. And she walked in the room and then she turned around and walked back out and she was walking straight at us. And I was thinking like, what's going on? What's, you know, like, we don't know who this is. What, what's going to happen? And, uh, and the girl walked up to Kaylin and squatted down, sat down next to her and she said, uh, not a whole lot of people know what trauma in a kid looks like, but I've been through it, and I know what it looks like, and I just can tell that you're struggling. Um, but I just wanted to tell you that God's got this, and that God's going to meet you this week, and everything's going to be okay, and can I pray for you? And, uh, and so she sat down and prayed for Kaylin, and then she uh, actually sat out in the hallway with her for the rest of service, and I kept thinking, like, I hope the adults aren't freaking out because you left and never came back, but, uh, but it was just, it was really cool, um, you know, on the first night to, for just somebody to see that, recognize it, and to come over and speak, uh, some words of encouragement and to pray, and, uh, when, when I saw that, I was like, oh, God, that was so cool, because I was, like, texting Bethany, like, she's freaking out, I don't, like, like, I don't know, like, how we're going to get make it through this week. And uh, within a minute or two, this girl, who we've never seen before, uh, walks over and, and prays for her and, 
and everything. So that was pretty cool. And then we found out she was from Gallia. She's she only a couple hours away. Uh, one pretty awesome moment I wanted to share was the every time at Life Conference, at least the last several they do, they take an offering at the end of the week. And uh, it's really been a focus in the last couple of conferences to leave some sort of impact beyond the conference. So, uh, for example, we went out every day they sent certain groups to serve. Like on Wednesday, our first full day there, we went and helped out at a, um, a food shelter, did some landscaping uh, for a couple hours in the uh, nice, warm, warm uh, Orlando weather. But uh, it, it, was, it was cool, this place that fed hundreds of people a day, I can't remember exact numbers, but it's cool to be a part of that. So that's one way that, that Life Conference tries to leave an impact beyond just that week. Another is through this offering, and when I was there in 2016, we raised about 55,000 for Syrian refugees. So on uh, Friday morning, the offering was Friday night, on Friday morning they had two representatives from the ministry that we were gonna support this time. And they were uh, two like, there's a brother and sister, they're like 20-ish, uh, and they're, they were born in America, but they now live in Myanmar where their dad planted some kind of orphan ministry uh, called Silver Lining. And they were sharing a little bit of the stories of the orphans and just uh, how hard it is doing the orphan care that they're doing. And the girl was, could barely tell the story through tears. She was talking about a two-year-old that recently came to them, or I think he's three now, but when he was two, his uh, father came home one day, was uh, high on some kind of hard drug, and killed like his siblings and his mother in front of this two-year-old boy before stabbing him, the two-year-old, uh, like in the neck. And the boy ends up living and ends up in the care of this silver lining uh, ministry. And I mean, that, that was just one, one of several stories that they had about the, the kind of kids that they're working with and just the like incredible brokenness that they're dealing with. So we uh, took that offering Friday night, and they had some numbers, but it may have been hard to see there. They uh, started revealing digit by digit, and then it said 19,000, so I said, that's a lot of money, but I mean, there's 50-some thousand last time. And then about a minute later, they said, well, we kind of lied, there was a one before that number. So we raised 119,000 in that room alone to go to this ministry. The brother and sister that were there were, you know, bawling on stage, could barely thank us, then they, they took a video of us all saying, we love you, silver lining, that they're gonna go home and take to these uh, couple hundred orphans that they have currently in their ministry. So uh, I thought it was a cool picture that they're gonna watch this video, <coughs> 5,000 plus people saying, you know, we love you. And, and this is at least one little way that we can all pitch in and, and help provide a, a better life for you. So it was, it was a really cool God moment to see the way that Life Conference has been used, not only obviously to uh, instill faith and to grow people in their walk with Jesus, but also to leave a tangible mark behind. Well, and and I think the other amazing thing is that it was $119,000 given by teenagers. Yeah. I mean, I was out shopping yesterday because it's tax-free holiday, and my teenagers would not give money for, for that. Mm. So, you know, just mm. to to give to that kind of a ministry, to me, is amazing. Um, I don't know about anybody else, but, I mean, that's a, that is make a difference. Yeah, I mean, when they announced the 119, there was, like, gasp, and then you just look around, and, like, everyone's crying everywhere. Like, uh, 
it was a, it was a pretty awesome, awesome thing. And you guys did a service project in Orlando, and it was in the heat of the day, of course, although I think in Orlando, really any time's the heat of the day. It wasn't um, bad that day. The heat wasn't terrible. Like, it could have been worse. Well, what did they... <laughs> it, it, yeah, it depends on what you're doing. Alex was... So what, what did they have you guys doing for your project? We did um, landscaping at a food shelter for homeless people. And so um, Kelly, Adam, Jacob, and I were in the back, like, pulling, like, weeds and vines and everything else out of, like, the fence from, like, a hurricane that came through not too long ago. And it was very hot. Uh, Kelly and I went inside in the air conditioning multiple times just to catch a breath. I made the mistake of wearing a light-colored shirt that day. Um, yeah, there's, there's a very sweaty picture of me that, that we took as a group photo, but uh, it, it, I was glad we got to serve that. Jacob and I did not go inside. We kept working. <laughs> <laughs> Kaylin and I, we did, like, we cut down some bushes, and I pulled a lot of weeds. My hands were very dirty. Uh, it was, yeah, it was fun. It was, like, fun, but, like, it's hard to explain it, like, it was hard, Hot. but it was hard, but in a fun way, I guess. I don't know. I had fun. You would look at it that way. Uh, you can have that kind of fun at our house anytime. No, I won't. John, Brian, and I, me and John mowed, and Brian, we needed it. And the lawnmower I had, the guy said it was 23 years old, and I had to restart it probably 15 times. <laughs> so if you need any yard work done... There are professionals now up here. <laughs> I'll do it, but it won't be good. <laughs> um, Alex, you had, you had a mountaintop experience. So, what was it, the fourth day? It was Friday, I think. They had us, um, anyone who was called the ministry, they had a lineup of some of the missionaries and stuff. And so they said, if you've been called the missions, um, come up front and stuff. And I saw, like, here in Logan, it's not like every day that I'm going to meet someone saying, hey, I think I want to go into missions someday. No, you don't see that here. But I got to see that there are actually kids who want to do that with me. And I met I met a girl, her name is Chloe, and we've been keeping in contact. But they had a separate little seminar for us, and they gave us a book called um, Becoming a Student Leader. And I only read the introduction so far. That's as much as I got done on the plane. But um, we're going to, Chloe and I are going to try and get together and read that together sometime. So I'm excited to do that. And um, we had one of the missionaries prayed with me about it. And I thought that was, like, it was really good. And that was the night that we were all sitting in the very front row. So I just kind of just stood up, took a step forward. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. We got the front row because Brian ran. I did not run. <laughs> I did not run. 
I, the, I think they're always I, good to say I that went, you ran. I went with the attitude that if I if I followed the rules, that the Lord would bless me with good seating, <laughs> and and He did. I did not run, but there there were uh, three hundred and thirty three kids that went forward uh, to answer the call to some kind of ministry, uh, whether missions or or at home. Um, but that, and that was really cool to see. Uh, one cool thing with that is a good bit of people that spoke on the main stage or were M- MCs, hosts for the week, were at life conferences in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s, and, and they shared their stories, uh, particularly John Stumbo, the president of the Alliance, talked about going to life in, I think, like 75, 76, talked about being on the way there and not really... Yeah, he was excited for a fun week, but wasn't really expecting anything deep to happen. And and then uh, he, he points that to that when uh, God really called him to to a deep walk with Him and a filling of the Spirit. So uh, it was really cool to hear stories um, of going to life conferences and, and there's uh, or other events like that. There's there very clearly a burden on these people that to turn around and invest back, just as they were invested in before. Okay. Now, because two of you, I think, said that Megan Marshman was your was your favorite speaker. Now, she talked about a game that she played, and apparently it had everybody crying. Okay. <laughs> Megan Marshman has this game that she plays with her kids when, like, at camp or whatever, and it's called, If You Really Knew Me, Then You Would Know, and Then You Say Something. And, like, it, like it starts out, like, simple, like, I have a cat, and then, like, it just gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And it was, like, it's a really good idea. And so we played it, but John did it wrong. So <laughs> There was no printed rules. Yeah. There yeah. were, so, there was, like, no rules, so how, that's why, like, yeah. he messed it up pretty bad. I, no, I, like, thought it, I thought you were good. You're <laughs> supposed to have free range of what you want to say, and he made us, like, it had to be like something we liked or something that we got anxious about instead of just like anything. He had to surface the level and make it limited. But either way, though, you guys all ended up in tears from what I was told. No. Which is how she described that. I, I was told <laughs> Kelly said that everybody ended in tears, or at least Kelly ended in tears. Okay, so yeah. It wasn't just her, but not everyone was crying. Okay. It was a good game. It just wasn't right. (laughs) Okay, so we can agree that it was an impactful, thank you, impactful weekend or week for you teenagers. Mm -hmm. Um, What is, as we wrap up, what is a way that we as a church... Uh, can pray for you, encourage you, hold you accountable. Like, what do you guys need from us? Well, thank you for laughing. Um, I, um, I'm, last week, this past week, I went to Grace and Grit for the first time. And I had a lot of fun. It was nice. Um, 
but and I'm trying to like get involved with like more connect groups and stuff like that. Be and like because in um, it was the Tuesday I went to my first seminar called Binge Your Bible, and one of the things they taught us was that it's best it's easiest to do it when you have like a group of people to help you like sort of read through that, understand it and stuff. So I went to that and um, so I went to a connect group because I thought they could, you know, help out with that. And um, I was, I've been thinking that um, this school year, maybe starting the school year, if I can, I want to start a small, girl, a small girls group. Like, it doesn't have to be, like, religious or anything like that, but, like, just something small, like, where girls can encourage other girls or, like, we could, like, just, like, have fun just being girls. Um, so, um, like, the very last message we had was given to us by Dan Bull, and um, he talked about, like, how at life we are at the mountaintop and then going home is going down, which we said that because, like, Jesus called Moses up to the um, top of the mountain and he preached and then he had to go down and, like, like share with everybody else. So that's what he told us to do. And, like, so everybody, like, came down off of the mountaintop, like, just like they should, and I somehow tripped over a rock and rolled down, but um, we, like, like last week, I was in Pennsylvania all week, um, being a counselor to children, and, like, showing them who God was, and just being a good example for them, and it was one of the best experience of, experiences I've had this summer, and um, I'm going into my senior year of high school right now, so um, this is where I start, like, I'm, like, I'm focused on my future and what's best for me. And so um, I've known for, like, a while now that I want to, like, go to college, get my degree in business, and um, go into human resources. But um, I know that's what I still want to do, but I have, like, there's something else that's calling on me, and I don't know what it is, like, I've been spending my whole summer with God and children, and so, like, I feel like that has something to do with it, but I have no idea. So praying for help with getting to know because I am clueless, and I can't be clueless. Um, and... How, how can the church help you? I mean, I know Jim Kemper can help you DJ with the PJ. human resources thing. Um... um yeah, just praying, and um, I also really like hugs. She is a hugger. Um, so when me and Jacob were hanging out with President Stumbo a little bit, he did an interview thing, and he asked pretty much what Bethany just asked about how the church can help the youth. And my response was, not necessarily for our church because it's really good at it, but just the church as a whole can accept the youth a little bit more and allow them to get more involved in the church. You know, just 
get a little bit more into the church than a lot of churches are. Okay. Is Jacob, are you willing to talk? Hmm. You don't have to. Okay. He'd rather not. Um, but kind of on what Logan said of kids getting involved in the church and stuff, really for anybody, kids and teens included and stuff, we have many ministries that can use you and will use you. And if you don't know, like, what to help with or, you know, you're like, just use me somehow, come find me, come find John, Brian, one of the elders, we will help you find a place to serve. We'll help you find, like, your niche where you're going to fit in and fit well and work well. Because, like they said, God doesn't need you, but he wants you. So, um, and as a, another plug, our children's ministries and our teens, you guys have the ability to speak into these lives and to continue to help change them and mold them to become international workers, to become uh, Christian business partners and such. And that's what we're called to do. So let's do it together. I mean, come on. So. Uh, Oh, do you have something to say, Gracie? Uh, yeah, I just have a little last thought. So, I also had a chance to talk with John Stumbo for a little bit. Really cool dude. He needs um, to just come visit you guys. Like, My name goodness. dropping John Stumbo. My, <laughs> but, I didn't um, talk to John Stumbo. Did you talk to John This isn't like... Kaylin did. This isn't about life, but it, John Stumbo. So, like, an ongoing question that's been going this whole entire summer is if Adam and Eve had belly buttons. And John Stumbo, our president, said, no, they do not. You can be a president and be wrong. Um, we can address that on like a safety. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 been a, it's been a fierce debate amongst the teenagers all summer long. Um, so we're going to close... Um, on that note, but but I I uh, I just want to close with with one one other story of of a way that I saw God working this in, in the week at at life. Uh, you know, we we went and we we went normal, but it was it was neat to see by the end of the week uh, our people praying with and for people that were complete strangers. Um, I know Kelly prayed for somebody. Um, I know uh, Kaylin prayed for our for our uh, housekeeper. housekeeper. Um, she texted me and just said, uh, our, our housekeeper is such a sweet lady. I just prayed for her, but you should tip her. Um, <laughs> yeah. I so, helped her clean our room one day. So... Um, so it it was just neat to see, you know, at the beginning of the week, people coming to receive from God, and by the end of the week, people giving something from God um, that that they had received, and and really that's what we're all called to do and be 
is people that go up the mountain, you know, that we spend time with God, but then to come back down the mountain to give that away. And so, so that's, that's really the challenge for all of us is to not just be people that receive, but be people that, that give, whether that's by serving, whether that's by praying, whether that's by sharing just a little bit of our story. Um, and this is actually a fabulous week to do that with Move the Hills. That's right. So, uh, so get involved, share your story, serve. Uh, they can use you, and, and God doesn't need you, but he definitely wants you. So let's pray. Father, I thank you for the ways that uh, you move each and every day, and thank you for uh, the opportunity for uh, these guys to attend life. And I thank you that they were able to attend life because so many people in this room gave and uh, made it possible for them to go. So, Father, I pray that you would just continue uh, to work in these hearts, that... um, that you who began a good work would be faithful to complete it in them and in our church. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.